0: Tomorrow can be bigger yeah. Just grow Let the world overflow You're yeah. my life bigger than yourself You're created for me
1: You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's word today. Let's join Bishop Greer for this classic teaching.
0: Father, we thank you for this time. Meet us in the study of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians 6 and 18, our place of focus last night. Praying with all prayer. Both of those words translated prayer there, are the word pros yoke, pros And it's the most commonly word used to translate, as uh, translated prayer in the New Testament. And it's a compound Greek word taken from two words, pro and uh, yoke. Pro is a preposition meaning what? Face to face. And it conveys intimacy. And last night we covered John 1 1. And we saw in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was what? With. Now, that word with is prose, which is the first part of Prose UK. So it says that Jesus was prose or with God. He had a face-to-face, intimate relationship with God uh, from eternity past. As far back as you can go, Jesus was an intimate face-to-face communion with the Father. And it says, and the word was what? God what scripture is saying here is that god communed exclusively within himself god father son and holy spirit they communed in in face to face a relationship and uh, have you noticed in creation that most of creation particularly the highest creation in humanity we're relational beings without relationships we die a baby that's not picked up will die. You could feed him and he can get all the water uh, he or she needs, but it will die because it's created for a relationship. We were created for a relationship. And that's why God likens us to sheep because they're pack animals. They're not designed to live on their own. Now, God in himself had a community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Inside himself, he had an object to love, his son. And there was a, the, the Holy Spirit, was, uh, what, what Augustine said, was a, the spirit of love between the two. But, but the point of it is, God had a fullness and a richness in himself that he didn't need creation. What's amazing, it was so good on the inside of him. He said, you know, let me share this with some beings that I have in mind that, that they don't even exist yet. But this is so good. I'm going to share it. So what he did is he created creation. And we are the creation where we get to share, if you accept them, that face-to-face intimacy uh, with the Father. Now, there's a Greek word that we're looking at, pros yoke, and the second half of the word is yoke, and it's a Greek word that means wish, desire, or vow, and it was uh, originally used for the Greeks when they made vows before their idols and to their false gods, and they did it based on a need in their lives. And what this term uh, means is, is what it's communicating is a willingness to offer something of value, something great to God in exchange for the answer to prayer. So a combination of these two words, again, this is the most common word used for prayer. So if you want to understand prayer, let's understand this word. So we find that prayer is... uh, Pro, it's a face-to-face, intimate experience with God. It's not just praying on the fly. It's that face-to-face, Lord, I want to see what you're thinking. I want to, you know, I'm asking you this, but I'm also watching for your expression. I'm looking at the, the clues and the cues that you give me in exchange. Secondly, I come before you. Fully surrendering. God, I'm not just trying to tell you what to do. Lord, I, I, I have a heart of surrender and, and a willingness to give you whatever's required. Whatever you might require out of this prayer time, I give to you. So we don't go there saying, well, I don't want to give you my life. No, no, Lord, everything I have is yours. So when it's a face-to-face saying, Lord, anything you want is yours, that's what the Bible calls prayer. Again, I asked last night, how many of y'all have prayed recently? All right. All right good. I'm seeing some hands go up today. very good. Then the second word is supplication and this is uh, again he said, praying with all prayers and supplication and the word translates supplication is de asis and I, I'm butcher these words. I, I'm not a Greek scholar, uh, but it focuses on the need presented, so in order for the for the reader to understand what God was meaning in prayer, he had to use several words with, with various nuances to communicate. He wants face-to-face intimacy. He wants us to be willing to give it all. But also he wants us to recognize our need. There's nothing wrong with having a need before God. We are his creation. We were created. It's kind of like an iron plug and, you know, the socket in the wall. And then, you know, the iron works best when it's plugged in. There's nothing wrong. With the iron being plugged into the wall. And by virtue, when, when we plug into God, we're saying, I need you. And it doesn't make the iron less than. In fact, it makes the iron better than it would be without plugging in. So me recognizing the need, w- w- if I really recognize the need, what will I do? I will plug in to God. All right. Praying always with pros UK, face-to-face enemies exchange, where you're willing to sacrifice uh, uh, and give up to go up. And supplication, this word deasis, which is, again, uh, a deep awareness of need. And we covered all that yesterday. Let's take a look at these two words elsewhere. I'm going to be relatively quick. The Holy Spirit says to the Apostle Paul, be anxious for zero, nothing. I'm most upset when I've prayed the least. I'm most anxious and worrying. When I've not had that face to face, remember Peter on the water, as long as he looked at Jesus, he was good. The moment he looked away and when I get away from that face to face and I'm looking at things and circumstances, people, I'm not really seeing him. That's when I begin to sick. He says, be anxious for nothing. And then he gives us the cure for anxiety. He's not just saying, well, have a strong will and, and, you know, just choose, you know, gut it out, grit it out and just don't be anxious. No, he, he's saying, no, this is what I want you to do that will overcome anxiety. Instead, it says, but, but instead in everything by what? Prayer. So when anxiety comes, what do you have to do? Do something instead. So anxiety is, is trying to fill your heart. You say, you know what? Instead of surrendering to the anxiety, I'm going to surrender in prayer but in everything by what? Prayer. And that's the term, uh, prose UK, which is a face to face and you say, Lord, I'm willing to give you everything and supplication, both words again, deasis here, which emphasize your need. But then it adds a third thing with thanksgiving. Don't forget this part because a heart that's having a face to face regular encounter with God can't help but be grateful. When I mean, you really have a face to face with God, if you're really talking to him about your need and, and it's really connecting, there's gonna be gratitude. There, there's gonna be joy and all the rest. So when you do those two things, thank, Thanksgiving is the offshoot of it. Then it says, and we're gonna introduce the new word tonight. Let your request request. Now the new word is Ehite oh, Ehite oh. Uh, think of remember the Simpson tribe, Judge Edo? Judge Edo. So it's close to Edo. So I'm going to butcher it for the rest of the night because Edo, I can remember, this A-te-o uh, is a little tough for me. So Edo. So let your Edo, your request, let your Edo, your request be made known unto God. But here's, here's the deal. This word is a very unusual word. It means to ask. It means to demand. It means to require. That's important. And by the way, if, if you've listened to me teach, I have focused on this particular aspect quite a bit. And uh, hopefully you, you've picked this up over the years. But it says, let, literally, let your demand be made known to God. I want to read to you what a scholar said about this. He said this. Jesus used an interesting word for prayer when he told his disciples, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done you. The word ask is the Greek word, uh, it's not right for me to teach you wrong, I'm going to try to pronounce it, ahiteo. Uh, so ask is ahiteo, which means demand. So demand whatever you wish is what the Bible says. And he says this, this word uh, primarily has to do with tangible needs such as food, shelter, and money, etc. At first glance, this word, ahetel, appears to be a strange choice of words for the act of praying. Because, you know, we're not going to just kind of push God around. Some people misconstrue what the meaning of uh, this word is. Because the word is not one denoting the humble requesting of something. Rather, this word describes somebody demanding something in a level of boldness toward the one you're beseeching. But we should not be disturbed. This is what he says by the notion of demanding when viewed in its proper context. He said the first part of John 15, 7 provides us with the key to understanding. He says, if you abide in me and my word, what, abides in you. And and he said, Jesus saying that if his words takes a proper, proper residence in our hearts and minds, we would never ask for something out of sync with his will of purpose. His word would so transform our mind that when we prayed it, it would be in accordance with His word. And He continues, let me keep reading. This word, aheteo, is found in James 4 and 3. When James warns, He says this, you ask or aheteo, or demand, and do not receive. So many of us do demand, but we're not getting anywhere. Why? Because you didn't abide in the word and let the word abide in you until your will lined up with God's will. Because you ask with wrong motives. So you can demand all you want. See, what happens is we learn about demanding and asking, if you will, and we just start putting our demands out there. But they're not surrender demands. They're not demands committed to the word. And and the Bible said, you know, his word should not return into your void, but our word and our will will. So with that we want to seek the lord about what is his mind not just i'm gonna tell you what i want lord what is your mind what is your thought and lord you've been working on me for a long time about this issue and i surrender now to this issue and i come to you to plug in and place a demand again as i said yesterday the electricity is in that uh outlet all the time it's only when i plug in that i put a demand on what's in there so i'm not doing anything wrong by plugging in God wants us prayer is our way of plugging in putting a demand on God's power and God's promise in our lives He says you ask and James is pointing his finger at the church and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives So that you may spend it on your own pleasures meaning you're not letting God's word really abide in you You're still operating in a worldly way Then it says when we are not abiding in our, our motives become distorted See, when I'm not abiding in God, the things I want for my wife become distorted. The things I want for my children become distorted. The things I want in my church become distorted. The things I want in people around me become distorted. But when I have that abiding relationship in the Father, I'm putting proper demands and boundaries are falling in proper place. I'm not asking my wife to be more to me than, than she needs to be. You know, she's a human. She can't be my God. She can't just fill me and make me happy. Only God can make me happy. But we start putting these demands on others. When we, you know, get out of alignment with the word of God, he says here, when we're not abiding, our motives become distorted and our demanding produces absolutely nothing. Then he says, the word ahiteo is used also in First John 5 and 14, one of my favorite scriptures. If we ask, if we ahiteo, if we demand anything according to his will, you see, it's according to his will. It's what? According to his will. It's what? According to his will. To his will. So you got to at times, Lord, what is your mind? What do you want? If God were to answer some of my demands, I wouldn't be here today. Really important. He says if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And that's why yesterday in our exercise, we determined God's will before we had that face-to-face ask. It says, note in this context, according to his will, as we allow God's word to take an authoritative role in our heart and mind, we give the word the freedom to transform our thinking our mind becomes renewed uh romans 12 and 2 enabling us to pray in accordance with his will when we are abiding in christ and his word knowing the will of god we can pray with this kind of authority and boldness when i know god is in it it's amazing the faith that springs forward it's amazing you, you know i we just signed a contract on a, a piece of property and i'm really excited about that yep but what i haven't shared was extremely tenuous process we had attorneys uh going back and forth as late as eight or nine o'clock at night they were arguing over very minor points and the spiritual warfare a lot of that was going on also we had a very good attorney and it was week after week after week after week and i was certain we could retire this thing a long time ago and we weren't able and even when the, the document is supposed to be signed. All of a sudden, he disappears. He doesn't sign in time. And, and then, when he, we send back our document, we're missing the page, right? Elder Ken, and, and all different types of things happen. But there was a peace. Because I had spent enough time with God knowing that this property is for us. And yeah there was a number and let me say this though i didn't just walk up to that property and say i demand you because i am the bishop of grace church are you kidding me no the lord had to confirm it he did it in numerous ways but one morning in particular uh i'll share this story and, and we'll, we'll move on the architect told us that the property was too small for us 11 po- It's 11.5 acres and that we wouldn't have the 700 plus parking spaces that we we need And um, I prayed that morning, and the Lord's like, that's not true. I had several conditions for the property. It had to be close to 95. Uh, Another condition was it needed to be large enough for us. Um, Secondly, it needed to be within proximity of this this congregation. So it fit everything. And when he said that the the property, uh, what we want to build could not fit on the property, that meant that it didn't fit the things that I prayed about that I believe the Lord wanted us to look for for this property. But I prayed that morning, and the Lord told me. He says, son, that property's large enough for for everything I want to do. And for me, he didn't tell me, by the way, that's your property. He hadn't told me that. But when he said that, I knew. I said, okay, you're telling me that property's large enough, and you told me that, contrary to what my architect told me the day before. So we went into the meeting. Lo and behold, I'm sorry. (laughs) The property's large enough for everything you want to do. For me, that was a confirmation. You understand? And what can happen, and listen, I'm like you. You can want something and things are shiny and you think it's God because you want it, but I'm not God. And just because I want something and desire doesn't mean it's God. Many people have a thought in their mind and say, well, God's telling me. No, you're thinking. And let me tell you too, idols speak to you too. When you have idols in your lives, things out of control, it will speak to you like it's God. It will start saying, that man's your husband, that woman's your husband, that, that business over there that you have no business with is yours. Because that idol that thing's so big in your heart, it speaks like the voice of God. And you got to be very careful about that. So we were dealing with a need, and I've been doing this for a few years. So I wasn't just going to, you know, I'm the man of God. Are you kidding me. I, I, Lord, I'm your servant. Show me, and yeah, I'll stand up and be the man of God, but first, I'm your servant, and, and you show me. After you show me, I'll, I'll be as strong and as bold as you need me to be, but Lord, I'm looking to you. And when I became confident, well, after he said that, there was a confidence that sprung. And we were negotiating since mid-December all the way through uh, January, and uh, I had to cancel, actually. Actually, I told them, I'm going to walk away. But I had complete peace. God's got this. And that means that they got to call me to get me back to the table and all the way. I was prepared to. Why? Because I knew that I, that, that, that I knew. And, and you see, when you know God's will, it's, it's different. And, and your prayers are different. But you got to let the word get in you until you know. See, the problem is some people believe in healing as a doctrine. That's your problem. You believe it because you're a Pentecostal or charismatic. Not because you know, but because you attend a denomination of church. That's why you're sick. I believe these things because the word of God says it. And here's the deal. Even the things I believe, I'm like, Lord, you got to show me one more time again. Lord, minister to me again from your word. I'm not talking, God, I'm a great man of faith and be impressed by him. No, it's Lord, show me. Build this thing in me, show me. And it works every single time. He said, if we ask anything according to his will, what heals us? So the only reason, there were a few sleepless nights, but it was over different issues. But the last couple of nights, and I had some pretty big things on the line. Because I made an announcement, and the, 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 the email didn't go through, and so a lot of stuff. I don't want to go into all that. But the short of it was, I slept very well because I knew I prayed according to his will. I knew God heard me. I know it's just the flesh and the devil trying to get in the way of what God was doing. Let me finish this statement, and then we'll finish for tonight. As we allow God's word to take an authoritative role in our heart, we give the word the freedom to transform our thinking. Our mind becomes renewed by God's word, enabling us to pray in accordance. When we are abiding in Christ's word, knowing the will of God, we can pray with this kind of authority and confidence. Here's the deal. God doesn't want you just to wish. How many of you know that's anxiety? I go before God. See, what, what we will do because we're trained religiously and many times by folks that don't really know the word. Real kind of, you never go into a wishing fountain, you, you throw a, a coin in there and you make a wish. That's kind of how we do prayer. Lord, I'm going to throw a little wish here. That's not what we're doing. That sometimes every now and then that might work. Most of the time it won't. What I've learned is, Lord, I, I don't want to just wish. Can you help me get to know? I want to know that I know. I want there an assurance on the inside to rise up. See, that's the only way you have peace in sickness when you know you're coming out of that sick bed. When you know it, you're not just you know wishing it, but you know it. And many of us, we haven't situations in homes, marriage, family, business, we haven't gotten to the place of knowing, and we live a life of I just hoping, I wishing, I I'm, I'm hoping, and I'm kind of praying, and and please. That's an anxious life, but God has given us the gift of faith, where we can go into his presence and come out with knowledge we would not otherwise have. We can have inside knowledge of facts that seem to be lying against the truth, facts that say everything except what God is saying, but you can know on the inside that's how Jesus did the things he did. That's how he went to the cross. That's how he handled the storm. That's how he dealt with demons. He knew things. He believed things. He held on to things. There was a peace in him because he had faith. Yeah. So what we want to do is, 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 is not just, well, let me just check this, check this, check this, and call it prayer. Let's, I want to look into your eyes, God, until I believe. You know, my, my kids, when they were little, they would jump, and I catch them. But the first few times they jumped, they were like, "No," and they were scared. Why? Maybe they weren't sure I was strong enough. Maybe they might have thought I might have got distracted. But I kept saying, "Come, come, 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 come." Then all of a sudden, at some point, faith sprung, and they jumped. And for me, I know, you know, it's like, like, oh, little kid. I'm still like, a. when you end if you got, you got to become like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I got to sometimes hear, come, come, come. When I look into his face long, that's my daddy. That's, that's my father calling me. That, that's, oh, he loves me. He's for me. He got strong arms. You know what? I'm going to stop thinking about the fear of what I don't know and put my faith in what I do now. I know he's for me. I know he loves me. I know he got me. And God in his patience saying, come, come, come. Eventually I jump. And it becomes one of the favorite things. I know my kids, they just always wanted to jump. And what happens at first, faith is, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But after you do it a couple of times, man, do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Give me that assurance. And, and I know I can, I can jump from this high place into your arms knowing that you have me. Faith is an awesome thing, and it, but it's relational. And when you're looking a face-to-face, man, with a God that runs the whole universe, confidence will come. It's when you're looking away from the Lord trying to have faith. That's when you get in trouble. Am I making sense? I'm setting you up for something in the moment. John 15 and 7, and we're going to wrap up. He said, if you abide in me, this is Jesus speaking. Here's the condition, though. If you're going to put a demand, here's the condition. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. How many of you heard me teach this before? Okay, a few of you. You have to get into the word until the word gets into you. Yeah. What Jesus is talking about, the novice does not understand. Those of us who have really received miracles and experienced the power of God understand exactly what Jesus is saying. Let me read it again. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about the saturation point.
1: Thank you for joining us today. Tune in again next time as we continue this classic teaching with Bishop Greer. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big.